there was an idea. Derek knows this called the greatest movie of all time. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they be, could become something more, see if they could work together when we needed them to watch the movies we never could. Today on the show, Marvel's The Avengers. Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the macho man, Rick Barrasso. And I, the rattlesnake, Rex Smith. Nope. Okay. Yep. Good try. Good try. I mean, I mean, yours wasn't great. I mean, listen. I agree that it was better, but I First of all, he's the Texas rattlesnake. Uh, you know, Texas is open 100%. What are you going to do? Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that dated the show, but all right. So, uh, welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, uh, the show in which I, your co host, Rick Barrasso, and your co host, Derek Smith, will watch every single movie ever made and help decide which is the greatest of them all. Now, if you remember last week's episode, we previewed a couple of things, and we're going to have to rewind it a little bit, unfortunately. Just a little little bit. Just a little. So our our guest, Michelle, did have to back out last minute. She's going to be on a future episode. We can't wait to have her, Um, and and it's going to be great. And she is the one that brought us the Avengers today, so thank you for that. And also... When we talked about doing the Oscars, it turns out that uh, one of the movies from the 78 Oscars uh, is not available to Damn you, 78. And, you know, if you look at the five movies, I'll tell you what, it's not Star Wars. You can watch Star Wars, but one of the other ones is only available if you purchase a physical DVD for like That's surprising to me. You'd think Star Wars would be hard to find. Tough to find. I mean, technically... If you want the original Star Wars from that year, it is hard to find. Uh, it's only on a certain DVD set and VHSs. But, I mean, you can have, find versions of it everywhere. But th- this, uh, yeah, this other movie, it, yeah, I was not going to spend 75 bucks for a DVD. I'd watch once and mm-hmm. probably you know, never again. So ho- hopefully it becomes available on any kind of streaming in the future. And we'll we'll tackle it then. But at the end of the today's episode, we're we're going to pick a new year and we're still going to do we're still going to do any hall next week and we're going to do star wars coming up soon as well so we're not you know if you're looking forward to that either of those then don't don't worry about it so other than that derek how are you doing today oh you know you know we're, we're getting into the spring months so it's kind of exciting yes yes it's starting to get a little bit warmer Snow is starting to melt. I mean, it's absolutely freezing today, but it is getting warmer day, in yeah. our brains. Yeah, 
let's and I think we we have a good uh, good movie to uh, to kick off the spring here, but let's talk about last week first. And last week we finished up our depressing breakup trilogy with her, mm-hmm. and you guys are finding it, and we're we're happy you are. Hope you uh, hope you enjoyed that one. If you haven't listened to it yet, you can check that one out or any of our back catalog. They're evergreen. Listen to whatever order you want. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever app you use for podcasts. And you can find us on social media as well. We'd love to hear from you. We're the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook, at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, like we said. And of course, as our good friend, superhero from the other side of the aisle, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. Mm-hmm. So the Avengers, 2012 Marvel crossover starring Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Evans as Captain America, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Two weeks in a row, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Listen, you know who's in this. The cast is huge. I could go on for the rest of the show. Sure can. It's directed by Joss Whedon, who I do want to address in a second. But it, uh, it has an 8 on IMDb, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, and, 90, and excuse me, 69% on Metacritic. Ooh. Yeah. Took a D plus. Took, yeah. Now, Derek... Uh, are you aware of the recent news about Joss Whedon, director of this movie? You know what? I don't, but I have a funny feeling you're about to tell me. I'm going to tell you about it because I do want to address it. And it's really the, the first time we've encountered uh, a figure like this, sort of in the, in the midst of a, a scandal, I guess you'd call it. So Joss Whedon, you, you might know him as the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, director of the Avengers, uh, so many others, so many great movies. And I do want to take a minute to talk about when we come up against figures like this, because in recent weeks and months, he has been accused of, among other things, uh, creating a toxic work environment, bullying his actors, and, you know, disgustingly pressuring one of them to, to have an abortion. Um, oh boy. Just really just assholishness, I should say, <laughs> all around. And, you know, next week we're going to be talking about Woody Allen, who's been accused of a lot worse. And, you know, unfortunately, when we talk about movies, we're going to come across people on the course of our journey that, yeah, they're just bad people. It's, it's sure. just a, a sad but true fact about the movie industry. And we're going to talk about issues with these people as they become relevant to the show and relevant to their work. But we're going to try to focus on the movies themselves as best we can. I, I feel like that's the best move. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, Rick, Rick and I, we don't condone any of that Yeah, uh, that he's involved in. And this is purely um, looking at art and discussing art. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're gonna, you know, Derek on your, your greatest album of all time show, you're going to run into some of the similar problems with, with music. And it's Absolutely. especially when you're, you know, in, in the seventies, um, you know, yep. <laughs> and you know, music and movies and art stories in general, they can be great escape. They can lead you to new friends and ideas to new understanding and connect with you in a deep level. And I am not 
personally going to let one or two or more giant assholes take that away from me. And, you know, I'm just going to say it up front, that's my least favorite part of this movie, so we can just skip me when it gets to that part. Uh, is the uh, is his uh, his behavior being revealed? So, you know, it's it's going to be something we'll, we'll come across. But you know, if if you if you feel like, and you know, maybe Woody's the tipping point for you next week. Totally get it. If that's gonna, you know, if that's gonna impact your enjoyment of the show at all, totally understand. Come back another episode. We'll be happy to have you. Totally get it. We get it. But let's go to the Avengers because back in 2012, we didn't know any of this. So the Avengers, Derek, 2012, do you remember first seeing this one? I don't, I think, I can't remember the moment I saw it, but I did watch all of the Marvel movies in a row within like two weeks in order. And my head, my brain was absolute mush. Yeah. Uh, and not in a bad way, but just like, you know, it's a lot of movies to watch and it's a lot to take in. And now I'm sitting here and again, I, I watched the Avengers twice over the last two days. Cause the first time I watched it, I feel like I didn't get, I didn't give it my full attention Yeah, um, because I was, I was working, but um, it's, uh, it's when I remember first seeing it, I remember really liking it and I was excited to do this one because I really liked the specific one. So I uh, can't remember the moment, but definitely knew that I liked it. Yeah. I, for me, I remember, I mean, I'm a huge comic book nerd and I, and I have been my whole life. This was really in some ways, the movie I've been waiting for my whole life. You know, it, it was from the second at the end of, you know, the post-credit scene in Iron Man where Nick Fury shows up and mentions the Avengers. There was so much buzz about how are they going to do it? Could they possibly pull something like this off? And I feel like they did. And did you, I did you mark out? I yes, I remember exactly what theater I was in, where I was sitting, how I felt when I was watching it. I remember this experience very clearly. And was there a please don't suck thing in your brain going on too? I didn't think it would suck. I just okay. thought it would be the worst thing it could have been was okay because it th- there was too much talent there for it to be bad but if you if you think back and by the way we're going to talk about different marvel movies in this episode mm-hmm. because it's just it's just relevant to the plot and they're all kind of interconnected and i'm but, sure we'll we'll talk about plenty of them in the future too in separate oh episodes. yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely we're going to watch every single movie ever made so mm-hmm. yep yep but it, if the worst thing in my head that this movie could have been was Iron Man 2, which was just super messy and too much going on. And like, I didn't think, again, I didn't think it was going to be bad because, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s charisma was going to carry it and, mm-hmm. you know, it, or whatever else was going to be good about it. But it could have been too messy. And I, I think they, they did walk that line pretty well. Mm-hmm. I agree. But if you have somehow, in the year of our Lord, 2021, not seen The Avengers, I'm going to tell you what happens in it. So, Derek, our Lord, you lost me there. Anno Domini 2021. Okay. 2021 current era for you uh, historians out there. But (laughs) the 
let's let's talk about what happens in it. Derek, now normally someone would take a stopwatch or a clock of some kind and count down 30 seconds, but you, no. You choose a song on Spotify. I do. What do you have lined up for the event? I got I got three elevens amber. I was not expecting that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm shocked. All right, we ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. The Earth is invaded by the Asgardian Loki. Nick Fury puts together a team of heroes, including Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, and Hawkeye to stop him. The team struggles to gel at first, even coming to blows. But when Loki opens a portal over New York, allowing an army of aliens called Chitauri to invade the city, they come together and save the world, taking Loki prisoner. Also, it turns out that Loki was sent by the Titan Thanos to help in his quest to complete the Infinity Gauntlet. But that is a story for another day. 26 seconds. All right. Nice work. Thank you, sir. Okay. So there's a lot to like in this movie, and there's a lot of stuff that does happen. It is, it is packed. So let's talk yes. about the three scenes that we like the most. Derek, what is your number three scene? Okay, so just just to mention this, and I know I mention it a lot, this is a common theme with me, is that I had a hard time doing this. Yep. And, you know, I get four scenes that, I'm, that I've been juggling, but I think I, think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a very interesting thing. I, I'm not going to go ahead and say my, that my favorite scene was the entire scene on the ship, because that's not fair, because that scene was like the biggest part of the middle of the movie. Uh, it was like just so long. So I'm going to just, there's one moment or one little scene within that. That's my number three. And it's yep. when it, it comes to a point where all the superheroes are just having this huge argument on like the main part of the ship. Yep. And I try to rewind it a few times just to hear what everybody was saying individually. And it's hard to catch it because it kind of gets muffled at some point. Um, but you know, Tony Stark is just so funny. Even when he's mad, he just says funny things um just 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 the who are you when you who are you outside of the suit genius billionaire playboy philanthropist yeah yeah yep yep um it's just um like you said before it this this could have been a really messy movie but the chemistry between the actors is so good yeah and i wasn't expecting it going into these movies because i i sometimes think that like superhero movies can be really gritty and great and some of them can be really fucking cheesy and this was not cheesy. This was, they did a really, really good job with this. Uh, when you have all those actors and all those characters in one scene, how do you make it so that they all shine? Somehow it works. Yeah. Somehow it, it came across. Uh, I, I loved it. I love that whole scene. I think it's uh, some great dialogue. That's my number three. It was tough, but that's my number three. Yeah, that's actually my number three as well. And I want to point out a few things in how that scene ends up being one of the most consequential in the entire Marvel series, right? So if you haven't seen Endgame yet, go see it, but we're going to talk about it now. I haven't seen Endgame. You haven't. I know what happens at the end. I have not seen that one. I don't know why. There's no good answer. So I I know what happens at the end. Let's just put it that way. You're not spoiling anything. Okay. So I'm going to, I may, I might, if you haven't seen it, I might spoil something for you. So uh, the great thing about this movie is there are, three lines that directly tie in to the climax of Endgame, right? And one is not in this scene. One is the Hulk, Bruce Banner at the time, saying, you know, how he tried to commit suicide. And he said, you know, I put a bullet in my mouth, the other guy spit it out. 
what was I, you know, if I'm here for a reason, what's the reason? Flash forward to the end of Endgame, when he realizes, the Hulk realizes that he is the only one of the Avengers that be able to snap the gauntlet and survive because it's gamma energy. And he says to everybody else, he says, it's like I was made for this. That's the reason he was there. The other two is when in this scene, Tony and Steve are going back and forth. And Steve says, Tony, you know, you're, you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play. I remember that specifically in, in thinking about and he, that, and yeah. he is the, he is the one that ends up sacrificing his life to save the world and you know and defeat Thanos' army and then Tony responds to Steve saying everything special about you came out of a bottle and in Endgame Steve proves himself worthy to lift Thor's hammer mm. proving that no like everything was in him all along. And that's, that's what makes this scene great. And I mean, the acting's great. And just all these incredibly talented actors just going back and forth. And, you know, for yeah, whatever you want to say about them, like Joss Whedon's very good at directing those type of scenes. And yeah, yeah and a, then, lot of, a lot of movies don't do that well. Like they, yeah. they, they say, oh, we forgot we should have added this in an earlier movie. And they, they, they set it up just right. Yeah. Um, and then everything after that where, you know, hypnotized Hawkeye and these, these other like people working for Loki or under Loki's control, I should say invade. And it's like a great, crazy action scene uh, with the, the Hulk for the first time in the movie. So fun scene that what's your number two. All right. So my number two is a man, this was tough. I, I still feel strange not giving this number one um, because it was the scene that I watched the most. It's the scene where Iron Man fights Thor. Okay. And I went into these movies hoping that I would see something like that because uh, it's like, you know, good guys versus bad guys. But before the good guys can become the good guys together, they have to straighten out their, you know, they have to have their little things first. And uh, <laughs> I love the scene. I love Tony Stark. He, he's so funny. Like, doth mother know you're wearing her drapes, uh, <laughs> you know, playing the park. The fight's awesome. It's everything you want to see in a fight between two superheroes. They both get the better of each other in different aspects. And then, you know, Captain America joining and you get that awesome, like, you want me to put the hammer down? And yeah. Thor puts that hammer on the, the shield the and just gong. <laughs> just 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 chaotic gong and just knocks them both. It's just so cool. Um, I I love the scene right before it too. I mean, I, I like the small humorous parts too. And one of them being, you know, Thor's about to be like, listen to me, Loki, and then he gets <laughs> you know, trampled by Iron Man in the, in the sky. And then, you know, Loki's just like, I'm listening. And Thor's not yeah. even there anymore. <laughs> it's just the, the, the comedy could have been, oh boy, this is bad. But no, it worked. It worked really well in the movie. And that's a scene that I watched several times because I wanted to see who really got the upper hand in the fight. And I don't think either of them really did. Uh, I think uh, it, it, it seemed to me Thor was getting the, the better of it okay. uh, at, at, at that as it went on. Like even the even the shots Tony got in where like Thor accidentally supercharges his armor, yeah. right, right, yeah, four hundred percent, yeah. So how about that? Uh, awesome. Yeah. So my number two is the scene with Captain America. It's it's right before that actually, where Captain America and Iron Man confront Loki in Germany, and he's standing forcing these people to kneel these civilians to kneel and there's the guy that stands up 
says, you know, I, I don't kneel to men like you. There's no men like me. There's always men like you. And like that, you know, the one guy is standing up. I always, I always, I'm a sucker for those scenes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Captain America comes in best white meat baby face versus Loki. And yes, you know, it, this is probably the first fight he's lost in, you know, his, since he became Captain America. Uh, physically, it's like the one first person he met and Loki's kind of getting the better of him. And then Iron Man just shows up blasting ACDC. Yeah, yeah, he gets his own theme song. Yeah, he just like he comes in to shoot to thrill. It's like, all right, well, and and just imagine coming, being being Captain America, and you've not really heard music since the forties, <laughs> the early forties, and it's like, here's ACDC. And you're like, yeah. What what is like? My head's gonna explode. The sensory off. overload. But yeah, what's your uh, what's your number one? All right, so my number one is a moment that I thought was one of the best moments in, in maybe any movie I've seen with, that involves CGI. And that was the scene. It was, it was during the big battle at the end. Mm-hmm. And the camera work sort of went, it, it, it went from Captain and Just Widow. Just that long, that so, uncut, yeah, Captain, yeah. Captain America shoots Widow into the sky. Mm-hmm. She's, she's battling. Then Iron Man comes in. They're fighting on the ground. Uh, you know, Captain America is there. He he shoot he shoots like a blast. Uh, like I think Iron Man shoots like a little like shot off of Captain America's shield, and it's so cool seeing them work together because they're kind of each other's throats all movie. Mm-hmm. And so that happens, and then uh, and then Hawkeye, Hulk, and Thor come in, and everyone's just fighting and everything. I, I thought the the one big long shot introdu- introducing sort of everybody's like in fighting in the battle was just fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I loved it. I just thought. Um, it's just like you said. I'm gonna keep reiterating this, but like, no, no uh, superhero. None of the six Avengers looked weak in this movie. They all had their moments, and I think this scene really captures a lot of those great moments. And uh, this was a really tough one. I have one honorable mention scene, uh, and it's it's short, but this was this almost made the list. But it's the Hulk manhandling Loki. Yeah, and calling him a puny god. I it was one of those moments where I wanted to stand up and just like cheer because like. Loki's so fucking cocky and the Hulk is like, just treats him like a rag doll. And like Loki lying there just being like, <laughs> and just making that noise and Hulk walks away is like puny God. I'm like, I, that is amazing. When I first saw that, the movie in, in theaters, I did not even realize the Hulk spoke because <laughs> everyone in the theater was laughing uproariously. Yes. Like I read online afterwards, like, you yeah, know, the Hulk talks in this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so I kind of cheated my number one. I did I, the whole Battle of New York. Yep. From, I would say from the second Banner says I'm always angry to when, it, like to the to the end of the battle, basically when 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 Tony blows up the the nuke in outer space. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it was something that I'd always wanted to see on screen, but never thought was possible. You know, this is the potential that a huge comic book battle has. And I didn't think it could translate, but it did. And this is, I remember being in the theater with this huge smile on my face as I was just seeing this crazy set piece and looking around. Cause sometimes I'll do that in a theater when something 
crazy is happening, and I'm like aware, I become aware of my reaction, I will look around the theater to see what other people, like briefly, just like kind of turn my head. And everyone in the theater was smiling. Like it was, this is what I wanted to see for, you know, at, at that point, 20 years of my life. And it, it, it just, it had everything I wanted. So I can't take out little bits and pieces of it because it's, it just all lives together in my head. Right. Right. And, and there's, there's so many different moments that are so fun. Like the one where, you know, Captain America is like ordering the guys around and he's like, why should I listen to you? And Captain America just kicks him ass. And the guy's like, all right, I'm listening to this guy now. You yeah. know what I mean? There's all these little moments of like, just really, really cool. Like I love when, uh, you know, Iron Man grabs Hawkeye and calls him Legolas. Yeah. Uh, little, little, little moments that are like, ah, Tony, he's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It, it, it's a real trilogy in that universe. <laughs> So, I mean, there's good. I'm just wanting, I'm trying to think like if there are any crossover actors that I'm not thinking of it went between Marvel and well, there's a line in in Endgame where I mean, it, you yeah, you haven't seen it, but there's a line in Endgame where Tony calls some or somebody calls somebody Lebowski. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking, I was like, he's in like he plays the villain in iron man like who played lebowski in the marvel universe right yeah uh jeff bridges was in iron man You're right right <laughs> that's, that's so funny let's let's move on here so least favorite part i already talked about mine i don't if you had another one don't let that identify because well, uh, i don't talk about I, that's else. actually one thing that i kind of missed earlier you said it quickly if you don't want to repeat it that's fine but i yeah. kind of missed it just like the the what Joss Whedon has been revealed to be. Okay. I got and you. like gotcha. being, being so all in on him during this movie and following his career through TV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is his first like huge blockbuster. Right, right, right. And just being like, Oh, like this fucking guy. All right. I'm going to be honest. I had, there's a moment in this movie that didn't, it didn't work for me. And you're probably going to disagree with me because you already mentioned it. Okay. There's a, a, a point where Hulk says, I'm always angry. And he, that whole scene happens and let, let me, let me, let me break it down. So that part right there did not translate for me. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. All of a sudden Bruce Banner can just turn into the Hulk on a whim. Okay. That, that's what they're saying to me right now. Earlier in the movie, he actually becomes the Hulk and he's struggling and struggling and struggling and then becomes the Hulk. And I'm like, okay. So did, from, from, from this moment, from that moment, when, Bruce Banner was struggling from now, this moment, all of a sudden he can control it. it, it even if I'm wrong, even it, I just, it just didn't translate to me. I was actually kind of aggravated by it. I think he can turn the switch on. Right. But like, or like he can, he can turn the faucet on, but once the faucet's running, he can't stop it necessarily. Right, right. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And there's one other part that it just right afterwards too that made me mad because you know in humongous scenes like this it's just so the scope is so big you don't all the time see the casualties so you yeah. don't see certain people dying you know I'm, I'm I'm assuming a lot of people in the city died during this of course and they didn't show a lot of it but there's one moment right after that where Thor like he like punches that big big like I don't know slithering looking thing yeah. in the sky and 
it starts to crumble and then like really quick you see all the characters like taking cover as it crashes and like captain america puts his shield up and and, and black widow is right there and he like protects her but like everybody else just it's a very very quick thing everyone just kind of like put their knees down and like hid and that thing falling shows that it didn't didn't hurt or crush anybody it just missed everybody. And I'm like, it was just so unrealistic for me. But I know it's a superhero movie and I know it makes sense. But So, yeah, I mean, they, they do cover that in, in Civil War where it's, you know, Tony Stark is feeling the guilt of, like, the people that suffered it, because of what the Avengers have done, you know? Right, right, yeah. And, you know, Captain America, who is a veteran and... Yeah, they both of these characters evolve so much over time. But Captain America is used to seeing, you know, wartime casualties. Like you even see it a bit in this movie, where after Coulson is killed, Captain and and Iron Man are talking, and Steve's like, "What? What? You, you've never lost this is the first time you lost a soldier." And Tony's like, "We're not soldiers, right?" So right. you you kind of see that divide already, you know, in, yeah, in totally. this movie. So let's go to medals. And who's you, who'd you have for bronze? I uh, this was I mean with this movie I mean really yeah there's so many it's so, everybody does a great job so like if you're leaving anybody out you feel bad but it's just yeah this is the name of the game and 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 this is the reason why you people listening you guys don't have to do this Rick and I have to suffer through this we yeah. have to pick our three you don't have to yep so you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome uh, number three was Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow and I chose her because she just makes every movie better. I don't know what it is about her. I just, I love seeing her in movies, especially this one. Like you, you, you imagine like, yeah, she's kick ass and she's cool. And what is she really going to give the film? But she gives it a lot. I yeah. think she's a very smart character. She does a lot of clever things in the movie. Like, especially when she's in that chair and she's tied up and she's like, Oh, she's going to get in trouble. And she's like manipulating the guys, beating her up and, and trying to like get information out of her. She ends up kicking their ass and she's on the phone and, and all this stuff. It's so funny. She's, she's so great. And then, Later on, when she confuses Loki and gets some information out of him, and Loki's at a loss for words, and he's like, "Wait a minute, did I? I've I've been had," and she's like, "Oh, you, you want to make the Hulk mad? You know what I mean?" Type yeah. thing. She she's great. I I she she gets my bronze. Well deserved, yeah. And it's it's just it's so interesting seeing the the two s- dimensions of ScarJo it, between her and this is like so different. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Or even what's that movie that she's in with? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Don Juan, Don yeah. John. Or something yeah, like that. Don John. She's yeah. like so sexy and manipulative. She just, she, and then you see her in the movie Marriage Story yeah. on Netflix. And she's, can't, I mean, is there anything she can't do? She's so versatile. I, I feel like she's, she's underappreciated uh, as an actress, but uh, that seems to be changing. She, starts, uh, she got nominated for an Oscar last year. Definitely. Uh, I think. Uh, but my bronze is a tie and appropriately it's Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Uh, nice. You know, Iron Man and Captain America, the two actors and the two characters become the backbone of the the MCU uh, up until Endgame. And their banter in this and their relationship is what the team is sort of built on, these two pillars. Yep. And I think they, they both absolutely kill it. Yeah, they're like they, they, I mean, let's let's face it, they're like the leaders of the, the Avengers, the two of them. Yes, and like the yeah. struggle of like who who is going to be the leader of this team is right. is is there from the very beginning. Absolutely. So, Derek, who do you have for silver? I had Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. All right. 
And uh, I mean, when you add Tony Stark to a movie, it becomes funnier. It becomes better. He just, he gives that like, you know, if the movie was a few different colors, he gives that extra color that it needs. Yeah. Uh, especially in a movie like this, that can be very, very serious. You know, there's very, very serious moments. Tony Stark can always brighten it and make it a little bit funnier. Like, hey, I know we're all really, you know, this is a horrible situation. We're all in trouble. But here's a few funny quips that you kind of need. And he does that all the time. And it's so great to see his character, like, be so goofy, being treated like, not treated like shit, but, like, a lot of people don't find him serious. Like, even Captain America's like, you're not the guy to do this. He, he, and, and not only at the end of Endgame does he prove that, but he proves that in almost every movie he's in. He does yeah. something miraculous and saves everybody's lives. And he is this cocky, rich sort of jerk, but he puts the suit on. He's still that person, but he, he, he has a heart. You know, he's a, he's a wonderful superhero in, in, in every you know, measure. And, and, and the best part about it is that you can also relate to this man because he always wears the best t-shirts. You got that Black Sabbath t-shirt on, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, cool, ACDC. Like, he's a cool, like, he likes classic rock and he's like that cool guy. So uh, he's amazing. He really is amazing. Uh, I, th I think casting Robert Downey Jr. in that role in Iron Man is probably pound for pound the best casting ever. I 100% agree with you. Because think about the billions and billions of dollars the MCU has made. If Iron Man's not good, and if he doesn't work as Tony Stark, none of that happens. Right. And, and I think you're, you're hitting on something here, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the recasting. But like, he is one of those actors that just, I don't think, I, I really don't think anybody could compare to, to what he brings to the role. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He, he's and I remember hearing that he was cast and just just thinking, oh, that's perfect. Right. That he like there is he's just one of those things that as soon as I read it, I was like, just clicked into place. I was like, there's nobody else who could do this. Like, yep. yeah, yep. because you, you got to remember, Iron Man was the furthest thing from a A-list character. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you, you grew up being a comic book nerd and, and I didn't really, but I, I still liked things when I saw them and I wasn't really familiar with Iron Man. So when it came, when the first Iron Man movie came out, I was like, ah, they're really trying here, huh? I didn't yeah. really get it. And when I saw it, it blew me away. And that has right. a lot to do with the, a lot to do with Robert Downey Jr. I mean, there's been so much praise heaped on him in this role and it's Absolutely, one hundred percent, well earned. Mm -hmm. My number two, uh, my silver, I should say, is Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And for a long time, he was the best Marvel villain by a lot. Like, yeah, he wasn't even close. Whoever was number two was not even close for for a long time. And I think I still think he's probably number one, but you know, it's it's closer now. But he's like he's so much fun. Like we talked about my favorite, you know, little moment where after the Hulk like smashes him off the off the floor, he's just like <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For like a minute straight. How is he I not feel like. dead? Regardless of he's a god, how is he not dead? <laughs> yeah, but he he also has that like when he's like taunting Thor, we does like the fake out and he's like, Are you not gonna like are you ever not gonna fall for that? Right, right. He's so good. And he like he's he tries to like he can be menacing even though they like subvert it right after Black Widow and that scene you're talking about uh, earlier. It, but yeah, he's just he's so much fun in this, and he's he like I, I don't know if I can 
if again, this is a movie, look at something like the Justice League movie that came out a couple of years ago. And the villain in that is just like mayo sandwich on white bread. Like it's just, it's, right. there's nothing to it and there's nothing memorable about it. And he, Loki is the character the Avengers team up against in the, in the comic books uh, in their first story, but absolutely 100% the right, uh, right villain for this movie as well. I, I feel like if it was like, I feel like Marvel overall has like a bunch of different villains that are, that, that are good and fun. If it wasn't for Batman, I don't think DC would even have a friggin' prayer to match up their villains. Cause Batman, I feel, I feel like all the villains that I love from DC are mainly from Batman. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the Flash has some great villains. I think the thing with DC is I feel like other than Batman and you know to the 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 Flash to an extent all the heroes have like one good villain. You know, mm-hmm. and Super Superman has a couple. But a lot of the DC villains are like a villain to the DC universe and not necessarily a villain to the character. Where like you can talk about Marvel, you can be like, well, here's, you know, Thor's villains, and here's right. Spider-Man's villains, and here are the right. X-Men's villains, and it's DC. Like other than Batman, we're gonna be like, oh, he has he has all the the Batman villain. Like Superman, you're like, well, he's got Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's got Brainiac, and like General Zod is kind of a villain, but he's more, he's not really. Like, great villain i feel like he's fun in the movies but yeah he's right. not a great comic villain he's not yeah sort of like a bedrock villain like a lot of but yeah loki is marvel has the, the diff, key difference between marvel and dc is that dc tends to be like when it's at its best is like archetypes and almost mythology whereas marvel is like very much like how can we make these people more realistic? Right. You know, how these these characters more realistic. And it's two, it's two different ways to go. And when they work at their best, they're both excellent. But it definitely, yeah. But Marvel is able to capture it, I think on film a little better because the, you know, DC just hasn't, this, just talking about this like DCEU, the, you know, the recent movies just haven't been able to, to get it yet. But, Derek, who's your gold? My gold goes to Tom Hiddleston as Loki. And uh, there's something that he has that he brings to the table that a lot of villains in movies don't have. And he has that mix of, like, I guess, uh, menace and mischief, which plays right, and charisma. He's like the perfect heel. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got that smile that pisses you off, but that you love at the same time. You know, he has that, uh, that, you know, trickster attitude. He tries to trick you. He tries to do this, tries to do that. And, you know, he's one of those villains too. That it's fun to see him lose. Yeah. And you like him. Like you like him as a villain, but like when he loses and he like, you know, when Black Widow outwits him, it's like, that's great. Like he thinks he's so clever and then yeah. he gets outwitted. And I love that. Um, and another thing too, is that like we had six, you know, yeah. Loki has his army, but like, took six very good superheroes to like take him down. So you do yeah. know that Loki, you know, he, he's, he's got, he's got a flush or maybe even a Royal flush right. sometimes. And you're like, he, he's got them against the wall. It takes them all these, these different superheroes to get him cornered and, and beat him. 
Uh, and I think Tom Hiddleston, like, I didn't know him before these movies. I don't know if, I mean, I don't know how many people knew him, but like, I think it works really well that like, it was kind of an, I guess maybe to me, he was an unknown. And then you threw him in and you're like, wow, he's great. I'd love to see him in other yeah. things. He was already an established actor. I would have, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. Uh, it's a possibility, but um, I think he brings a lot to the table. He, he, like I said, charisma. He actually, and this is for wrestling fans, if we have wrestling fans out there, but his smile and his charisma remind me of, and, and Rick, we, we do not have to get into this. I just want to mention it real quick. WrestleMania 27, which is a really bad WrestleMania, but CM Punk against Randy Orton. <laughs> At least a couple moments in that match, CM Punk has this ridiculous, evil, menacing smile in the corner of the ring, and I'm like, Oh boy, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that came out before the Avengers, at least by a year. But watching it again, I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of Loki a little bit, and I just think that's a cool comparison. But yeah, Tom Hiddleston gets my gold. It's, uh, CM Punk, author of Marvel Comics and his post wrestling uh, career. <laughs> yes. So my gold goes to Kevin Feige, and if you don't know that name, he is the executive producer of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is the guy. He is the architect that put this plan in place when, cause you gotta understand this is, this movie came out before Disney purchased Marvel. So a lot of these movies, a lot of these characters belonged to different studios. This was a crossover movie in the truest sense of the word. And who's the man who could bring it all together. That's Kevin Foggy. And he, he is still the, you know, executive producer of the Marvel Universe today, of the MCU today. The fact that he was able to take four disparate movie series and join them together in this one big, yeah, this one big movie is something that no one else has really been able to do as successfully as he has. He's like the number one producer in Hollywood at this point, probably because of that. And this movie is his baby and also made him that, made him that successful. I mean, he basically did everything right. He, he didn't make a, I mean, yeah, he didn't really make a wrong move other than let's get to recasting. And you can argue where the mistake is here. I, I honestly don't have a recasting because all these characters have been in so many movies. They've just baked into my brain as these characters. Except, I have a question. Is this movie better if Ed Norton is still Bruce Banner? I think it's star power it would be. Because uh, Edward Norton, let's face it, he's, he's, he's more popular he's, than Mark Ruffalo is. And he's a, he's a bigger name actor. I, I don't know. And this actually goes into a later bit that we're going to get into, which I, you know, I'm going to talk about. But I, I don't know because... I guess the big question is, is that it all depends if Edward Norton can get along with everybody else on set. You know what I yeah. mean? Because we know that he's that, that guy who wants to take control of the script and all this stuff. I, I don't know. I, I thought Mark Ruffalo did a good job for what it is. He wasn't overpowering in the movie. He was just enough what you needed for the role. Yeah. I, I think it's very different. I think it's a very different movie, and that character is a very different energy when it's, when it's Ed Norton playing it because he Mark Ruffalo is so good at like kind of like the shaggy like hey, I'm just like really not in the right place like you know just just leave me out of this sort of thing like he's really good at that whereas I think Ed Norton is I I almost would see 
I'd, I'd buy them being more afraid of him. You know, like he'd be, right. he'd be, yeah, he'd be more intimidating. And maybe it's just different ways to approach the character. I know Edward Norton's like, I, I have to watch the Incredible Hulk again. I have it on DVD and I've seen it like five or six times. And every time I see it, I love it. Um, but I, I kind of forget Edward Norton's Hulk a little bit. Like I kind of forget his personality. I'm pretty sure he's not an overpowering man, like kind of a jerk, you know, like Tony. He's Stark not. Is, but... I, yeah, he's, he, he's not, but he's. For, yeah. From memory, I feel yeah. like, I feel like Mark Ruffalo's. Bruce Banner is a little bit more subtle and a little bit more like, yeah. well, I can talk to you and things like that. And I'm pretty soft. And blah, 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 cause yeah. Because my opposite is Dr. Jekyll. But Edward Norton, I don't know if he, if, if how well he works with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Like, I, you know what I mean? It might be more, it might yeah. seem like more of a power struggle at that point, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So who, who do you, do you have any, uh, any recasts? Yeah. So I did. So these recasts are not things that I think should have happened. They're just like fantasy. Like what, what ifs? ifs? Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to laugh at one of them probably because okay. it, it's kind of dumb and it probably won't work, but I'll give you the other one first. Okay. So Captain America is one of those characters where I feel like a lot of American actors could have pulled this off. Um, and one of them, and, and again, I don't know much of his work, but I feel like out of all the actors I could think of who could play Captain America without it being kind of goofy. And I thought of Sam Worthington. I feel like he has that American looking face. He has an, a good, a pretty good build. I feel like he has some charisma. I remember seeing him in Avatar and being like, well, he's, he, you know, his character is not written like, you know, profoundly, but he's got some moments where he's got some charisma. I think he, he could have pulled the role off maybe. Can Maybe we just looking... can we pause for a second? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Sam Worthington is not American. <laughs> oh, okay. He, he he has an American looking face, so I mean he could pull it off. Yeah, he is British. He look... Oh, he's... okay. I thought maybe he was Australian too. I, I I my first thought that he was, but Wikipedia said he was born in England. Um, so yeah, I mean other than that, I think I I I gotta tell you, I think Chris Chris Evans is is was the was the perfect choice for Captain America. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Oh. I, I agree, but he's not he's not on Downey's status. I okay. don't think anybody else could have pulled this off. I think other actors could pull Captain America off. I don't think it's a necessarily difficult role. I think it, it has some some challenges. When I found out Chris Evans was Captain America, I absolutely fucking balked at it because I saw him in Fantastic Four and yeah. I wanted to punch him in the face. This guy's playing Captain America now. I was like, this is not gonna work. You know, so it worked. He did a great job. He's the, other he's one, the same. Yeah. I, would, I would say for me, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. can't touch him as Tony Stark, but number two in the, as far as like can't touch the casting is Chris Evans because he made okay. that role so much his own. But that's just my opinion. No, I agree. I, agree. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know if they're in the same. But so the other thing you're going to laugh at, and this is okay. really stupid, but like there's a few different actors that kind of remind me of Thor. Okay. And so the first... <laughs> This is so bad. I keep thinking Triple H. And he really, he wanted it. He looks like, he used to look like Thor so much, but like, I'm, okay, I'm like, I mean, Triple H isn't really an actor, but who looks like Triple H enough that's a good actor? And I thought of Sean Bean when he was younger. Yeah. Uh, having like kind of give him that long blonde hair, maybe bulk him up a little bit. I think he could have done the job. Look, Sean Bean has that kind of like, I mean, I think he has a lot of charisma. And he can be that kind of funny because Thor, the, the thing about Thor is that he can be very, very serious and then very comical and it works. Chris Hemsworth does a great job doing both, but I'm trying to figure out like, okay, if they didn't have Chris Hemsworth, who else would it be? And I'm like, okay, well, fantasy, like I love Sean Bean. Could he have pulled it off? Maybe, maybe not. I just thought it was kind of fun to think about. And then maybe Triple H if like he, he you know, he went to acting school for a couple of years. <laughs> so I have 
one person that I think could have been Thor, but he would have had to have like bulked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now that now that you mention it, and I think he was probably in the running, but he, uh, I mean, his father's in the movie, and it's Alexander Skarsgård could have been could have been Thor. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he's like he's tall, he's blonde, he like if you put on like a little bit more muscle mass, he'd look exactly like comic Thor. Right. Right. Uh, But, Oh yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, also I was thinking about like, I think they used some sort of a big wrestler who I didn't know for uh, Sabretooth and X-Men, but like the first movie. Yeah. And and maybe triple H could have, could have done that one because there wasn't that much talking. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's pretty much his, his range. Triple H, I think really wanted to be Thor because I think he cuts his hair like right after Thor is cast. Right. Like or at least not long after at all, because he still get the he still get the long hair and the, I mean up until like 2010, right? Yeah, he has it in 2011 too. Because yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was 2012. It was when he against against Lesnar Mania. He didn't have the long hair anymore. Yeah. So once it became clear he was not going to get that role, uh, he cut his hair. <laughs> so Twitter follow of the week, we have one, and that's going to be Marvel Studios. You know, if we're if we're going to look at movies and and you know culture and stuff like that we gotta we gotta see what they're doing but let's go to uh the thing that this movie does better than anything else derek what do you have for that so this is this is very 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 specific and i i thought about and again it's tough for me because again i can't remember every movie i've ever seen but one of the things i was thinking of originally was this is this is the best uh I mean, I haven't seen Endgame, but this is at the time, this was the best superhero movie I've seen where like, there's so many actors and none of them run over each other. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a lot of words, kind of, it's kind of piece weirdly the way I put it. But so I didn't actually use that. The one I did use, this is very specific is that I thought this was the best interpretation of Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk and actually looking still like the character. Yeah. Uh, Cause it looks, it looks like Mark Ruffalo and it's pretty cool how they did that. And Norton's did not look like him at all. <laughs> Uh, and maybe Eric Bana, maybe a little bit, but for the most part, I thought Ruffalo's like turned to the Hulk. I'm like, I could still tell that's Mark Ruffalo. So good job there in the, the uh, Eric Bana Hulk is actually not designed after Eric Bana because right. he yeah he was cast late. He was a replacement. That's well, yeah. So like, I mean, I, I even though they didn't do that, I could see like maybe if, if there's like a little bit of resemblance somehow, even though they didn't try to. It was just like. It was closer to this than Ed Norton's. Do you know who originally was going to be Hulk before Eric Banner replaced him? Because it's an actor we have talked about on this show, and the Eric Banner Hulk actually looks a lot like him. I don't. Billy Crudup. Get out of here. That, that, I could totally see that. Yep. Wow. Just that would have been... That would have been cool. I mean, not that the movie did extremely well, but Billy Crudup, he just loves to stay away from the fucking limelight. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at that Hulk, it's, it looks like Billy Crudup. But the, the – so I have, I have two uh, for thing this movie does best. And I, I, in a similar vein to what you said, I think it's the best forming of a team superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Marvel outdoes this later on. I, I wouldn't call this my favorite Marvel movie, although it's, you know, it's up there. But this is the best one, and not just Marvel, but any other superhero movie that is about, like, the form of a team. Nothing comes close to this. 
this is exactly what you want. They're fighting at the beginning. They're pl- they're bouncing off each other. They're they're gelling at the end. It's it's excellent. And I also would say this is maybe it's not the best, but it is definitely the first movie that I can look at and go, okay, this is the type of thing I was seeing in my head reading these comic books. This is this is the the just epic comic book battle come to life in a way that that hadn't before. I guess if if and I, and again I'm go, I'm going past, I'm going way past what we already talked about. We talked about the worst things of the film earlier, but one thing I was thinking of is that I kind of wish that this movie also had like a secondary villain um, that they can kind of kill during like or they they can defeat during the because Loki has his moments during the big battle and it's it, they're awesome, but like most movies have like a big big main villain and like they're they're like top henchmen and it would have been cool to see like you know one of our big big characters defeat somebody who's kind of prominent rather than just like foot soldiers basically you know weirdly who is the the secondary villain you have like the the yeah like i forget even the the character's name but like the the head of the i think it's the other or something like that Mm -hmm. uh, the acolyte something like that who is the head of the the army that's communicating with loki right um and i I mean i guess you do kind of have uh like hawkeye is right right it's it's yeah yeah but like hulk is kind of the villain of the movie or the secondary villain of the movie at least up until the final battle because like thor has to fight him he like maybe almost kills natasha Mm -hmm. uh but i mean yeah there's there's you're right there's not that like we got to get this guy to get to loki yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not really there right? Uh, in the movie. So let's go to the Oscars for this year. And this is actually one of my favorite Oscar years. Like this is, I've, I've, I've seen most of these movies. And uh, the movie, uh, the Avengers does get one Oscar nomination for visu- uh, best visual effects, which it does not win. Best visual effects goes to Life of Pi. Okay. Was like a tiger in that? Wow. Yeah. Animals and stuff like that. I mean, I think this should have won that, but okay. So let's go over the major categories. This is a year where there are nine nominees. And the winner for Best Picture is Argo. Okay. Other nominees are Amor, which I have not seen. Beast of the Southern Wild, which I have not seen. Django Unchained. Les Miserables. Life of Pi. Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Not a bad year. It's. I feel like this is a pretty good year. Now, do we want to slide? I'm going to allow this because there are 10 nominees allowed. We don't have to get rid of anything. Do we want to slide the Avengers in as the 10th nominee? Yeah, I think so. I think it deserves a nom. I think... Uh... Like we said before, it does everything right. There's not a lot of mistakes in this movie. It's carefully, um, it's not an Iron Man movie. It's not a Captain America movie. They, yeah. do, they do it really well. It, it, it deserves the eight it got on IMDb, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think, we, I think we put that in there as the 10th nominee. Now, I don't know if it wins. I think I'd probably, I'd probably say Django. Yeah, I, I, I love Django. I don't know, though. I mean, I'll tell you, I didn't, there's a few movies on there that I don't like. Um, or maybe just one. I don't like Silver Linings Playbook. I'm not a fan of that movie. 
See, um, I like I, I do like that movie. I I think it's with David O. Russell, I feel like ever since The Fighter, which I think is his best movie, it's been like laws of diminishing returns. So I don't think Silver Linings Playbook is because of The Fighter, but like it's still very good. Yeah, uh, it just it just didn't resonate with me, I guess. The okay. ending the ending was totally bizarre, but um the what else was there? Django. You said you said Argo wins. Uh, Argo does win. Yes. Argo wins. Okay. I've never. And seen Argo, I, it's Argo is good, uh, but it got points. I feel like for being kind of about movies, mm-hmm. where I think the Oscars tend to reward that because the people who are voting work on movies, so that's that's right, gonna right. that's gonna resonate more with them. Can you list them one more time? Argo is the winner. Amor, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, The Miserable, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Right. So I, I, I and the Avengers. Know, I obviously know what Lincoln wins, but like, Les Miserables had all. They had all. They they had so many chances to win this. Um, but the director and the cast, the, the, the casting director made a hard Well, I mean, like, Anne Hathaway won Best Supporting Actress from the fucking trailer. Like, she, right, like, right, 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 right. I just, you know, it, for me, it's like, th- there's one big, big piece in this movie that really fucked the movie over, and that was Russell Crowe's singing voice. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It bl- absolutely blew it. I mean, uh, so, yeah, Les Mis doesn't win, ba- mainly because of that. <laughs> um, I think it was, it was, Ar- I think it was Argo's year. I, w- I would put, if I was ranking the top three that year, I would say uh, Django one, Lincoln two. If we're counting the Avengers at the Avengers three, that's just me. And then, and then Argo. Gotcha. Yeah. Just from what I've seen, I would probably say, Oh man, I haven't seen Lincoln, which is a travesty that I haven't seen that movie yet. And uh, so I guess I'd have to go with Django, even though it's, it was very awkward being there, seeing that at the movie theater. <laughs> uh, so, best director. Um, I mean, let's let's think about it like it's not 2012, and we're you know we're not talking about Joss Whedon today. But uh, Ang Lee wins for Life of Pi. Which did he win for Brokeback Mountain as well? Yeah, so he wins for. So this is his second win for Best Picture. He wins for Brokeback Mountain a few years before this. He wins for Life of Pi this year. Uh, The other nominees are Michael Haneke for Amour. I'm going to try this name. Ben, B-E-N-H, Zetelin, Z-E-I-T-L-I-N, for Beast of the Southern Wild. Um, uh, Little-known director Steven Spielberg for Lincoln. Never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wonder if he's done anything else. Uh, and uh, and David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook. Notably, no Quentin Tarantino in there. Bullshit. Yeah, and no Joss Whedon. Well, see, Joss Whedon. I mean, he deserves a nom for this. I uh, think so. I think taking away, and the, the Oscars is never going to recognize action. They just and, won't. That, and that's. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of CGI, but like. He he. This movie was pieced together very well. Yeah, I mean it's it's in Civil Lines playbook. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I have a problem with that movie. That's why I'm kind of being a jerk. About I it, wouldn't. But. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't knock that one out. I think it is well made. Uh, I got. I got to watch it again because I remember just not feeling it. It'll be an. It'll be an interesting episode. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, whatever. If 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 if, if they have a problem with action gonna, so much, yeah. we're, already give, we're already giving this a nom in best picture. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to make the case. I'm not okay. going to make the case. I've not seen the the two that I would consider knocking out. I haven't seen so. Right. Right. All right. So, is there a lead actor in this movie? Not really. No. Okay. Is there a lead actress? I would say no. No. Okay. So let's go to supporting. Supporting actor this year. Incredibly stacked category. Is there one person that we want to make a case for? Do we want to look at Tom Hiddleston? Do we want to look at Robert Downey Jr.? Um, Sam Jackson? Like who's? No. Who, who do we want? To, who do we want to? Who do we want to put forward and consider? I don't think I don't think anything deserve it. I don't I don't think there's an I don't think there's enough moments where any of those characters are like, wow, look at that scene. Like that was tremendous. There's a lot of small little things that are fun, yeah. but for me, I feel like it's all equal uh, right right down the board of these yeah. actors. Okay. Actresses. So let's for fun go through and see if there's I mean, let's let's just say Robert Downey Jr. Let's just consider Robert Downey Jr. But let's look at the best supporting actor this year. It is won by Christoph Waltz in Django Unchained. Yes. The other nominees are Alan Arkin in Argo. Uh, little known actor um, Robert De Niro. Robert Robert De Niro. Robert oh, De Niro. Bo- Bo- Bobby Money. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Money in Silver Linings Playbook. Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master, who should have won. Murders uh, it. Murders yeah, that role. Kills it. And Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln. Christopher Waltz is really good in Django Unchained, but he's better in Inglorious Bastards. Which he's better in Glorious. He's yeah, he's better in Glorious Bastards. And I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is like fucking transcendently awesome in The Master. It's funny. It's it's almost like Christoph Waltz. They were like, we should have fucking gave it to him for Inglorious, so we can't snub yeah, him this I think time. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a, well. No, he did win for Inglorious Bastards. Did he win it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that well, was like the only one that won. Because, yeah, this was the year where everyone in the category had already won an Oscar before. Wow. I- I'm surprised Leo wasn't nominated then because I love Calvin Candy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was really good in that. He, and I, I – yeah. I mean – I mean, if we're going to bounce one out – I mean, I haven't seen Argo, but – Alan Arkin, he always gets, he always gets his so, shit in there. He's really good in it, though. He's yeah, really he's good, good in, in Argo. He's Sunshine, too, but did he deserve it? Come on. Yeah, I think that he's better in that, in, in Argo, than, than he's in Little Miss Sunshine. If, if I were to bounce somebody, and I like all these performances, actually, I'd probably get rid of Tommy Lee Jones just because he's just, in that movie, he's like, I'm, just, I'm Tommy Lee Jones, and I'm, I've got right. stuff to do. But, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would keep this one as is. Okay. Supporting actress. I don't think so. I don't think she's in enough scenes for me to even consider her a supporting actress. Was the hold on? The master was not nominated for best picture, and that's a that, that is. I mean, that movie's very odd, and I could see why people wouldn't get it. But like, you know, it it deserves to be nominated. Well, what's what's weird is that. I mean, we'll go over. The, I mean, the, the best. I mean, if it was going to be someone from this movie, it'd be Scarlett Johansson, which I don't think this is that she's not going to be in there. But Anne Hathaway wins for Les Mis. And she like again. She I, I the trailer for that was just her singing "I Dreamed a Dream," and I was like, "Oh well, she just won the Oscar." 
Right, right, right. She's not even in the movie for that long. She just like dies in the beginning of the movie. And the, and that's and that's fine for best supporting, but like like as soon as that was like okay, well she just she already won it. Like it's not even a question at this point. Right, right, right. But Amy Adams for the Master is nominated. I don't even remember her in that. Jesus. She plays Peggy Dodd, uh, Phil Primo Harvin's wife, and she's fucking amazing. Same with you know everyone in that movie. It's just so good. Wait, was was Joaquin nominated Joaquin for best Phoenix, actor? He was. They okay, got, yeah, he's. He's not going to beat Daniel Day Lewis. Over yeah, he, I mean Daniel Day Lewis is just like again. That's like he won the Oscar when they cast him. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis is like the guy. Daniel Day Lewis is the Stevie Wonder of of this category. We're like in the seventies where Stevie Wonder won like he won the best album in seventy three, seventy four, and seventy six. Yeah, just by, and, then, by, and then and then in seventy five he wasn't nominated because he didn't have an album or whatever. And Paul yeah. Simon like won and he thanked Stevie Wonder for not putting out an album that year. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Daniel yeah. Day Lewis is to the Oscar. Well, I th- like. I mean, if we were going to talk, and I mean, we are going to eventually have an episode on the master because it's going to be, I mean, it's quite the, when I watched. I'm surprised Tom Cruise wasn't in that movie. <laughs> well, interestingly, the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, is friends with Tom Cruise right. and like screened the movie for him before it came out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Let's say, let's say that I've met people from the area where Joaquin Phoenix's character is from and he nails it. But yeah, he's, he's Joaquin Phoenix is incredible in that. I'd probably make the case for him for best actor over, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is so good as Lincoln because it's, but yeah, Conversa- Con- conversation for another day. The other no- yeah. um, so other, so Daniel Day-Lewis wins. Joaquin Phoenix for the Masters nominated, Hugh Jackman for Les Mis, mm. which I mean, Hugh Jackman wins for most acting he's uh, very that good year. Les Mis. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how good he was in that. He's good and he's doing a lot, but I think he's like he's just up against two heavyweights. Yeah, uh, and then Bradley Cooper for Silver Silver Linings Playbook, which I think he is good in, and Denzel Washington in Flight. So, yeah, the so I mean, best supporting actress anyway. Um, going back. So Anne Hathaway wins for Limiz, Amy Adams nominated for the Master, Sally Field in Lincoln, Helen Hunt in The Sessions, and Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook. I don't know Helen Hunt still acted at that point. <laughs> that was like her last really big role, I feel mm-hmm. like. And that that movie is like there's a paraplegic man that she is caring for and she like is like a sex therapist. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Scarlett Johansson gets in there. Gotcha. But anyway, that's the uh, that's the Oscars. That was a meandering Oscar conversation, but I liked it. It was fun. Now, though, comes the time, and that time is the most important part of the podcast. And Derek, that is the time where I put thirty seconds on the clock—an actual clock, not a song—and. <laughs> you tell our listeners, our beloved listeners, more and more every month, growing audience, you tell them why the Avengers is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Never. Well, that's too bad. We're going anyway. Three, two, one, go. When you were growing up, did you ever want to be a superhero? How about a superhero with your friends? Even better. You and your friends become superheroes and you save the world. 
this movie, The Avengers, is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made where all these fantastic actors are working together for one common goal. Nobody steps on each other's feet, and it is incredible. Great action, great directing, highly, highly recommended. All right, 28 seconds. Great job. So, thanks. Let's talk about next time. Next time, we are going to talk about another, let's say, troublesome director mm-hmm. when when we talk about uh annie hall directed by woody allen who is the subject of a current documentary about his behavior so we'll discuss that we'll touch on that but the movie itself is one of the one of the all-time great romantic comedies i feel like and we are going to have our our good friend friend of the show chris bonapani on to uh to uh to discuss that with us because that that's a conversation that i think needs more than just you and i good i mean i i i saw that movie once when i was younger it didn't resonate um so i'm excited to watch it again and hopefully changes my mind yeah so we'll we'll talk about that that's going to be a um that's going to be quite the episode I'm, i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to talking this out uh with a couple of my friends so after that though so like we said, funny thing happened in the way of the 1978 Oscars. Uh, we can't do it. So we're going to pick another year, and we're going to do it randomly. So again, we're going to pick a year randomly between 1970 and 2020, last year. And we're going to watch every Best Wait, Picture nominee. Can we do 2020? Yeah. Considering the, has the Oscars happened yet for those? That would have been last year's Oscars. But isn't 2020's movies? We're t- so th- we're, we're picking the year. I'm glad you asked because I want to clarify. Oh, that's we're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Pick yeah, it, yeah. We're picking the year in which the ceremony took the place. The ceremony takes place. Gotcha. So if, if it ends up being 2020, the movies will have come out in 2019. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to randomly go to random.org, put 1970 to 2020. I'm going to hit generate three times for extra randomness and we got the year 2000 let's check out the oscars in 2000 wow the hell came out in 99 99 is an excellent year for movies excellent year so please tell me armageddon's not in there no way is armageddon nominated for best picture so there are five nominees and we get some we get we get a few big movies the winner that year is American Beauty. All right. All right. We're going to have another, again, we another are, tough conversation. Another conduct Absolutely. Another one. The Cider House Rules, which I've not seen. Never even heard of it. The Green Mile. <laughs> yes. The Insider. So a little, little Pacino situation. Right. Pacino. And The Sixth Sense. I have never seen that movie. Well, I mean, it's not going to land the same way it did in 99. Right, uh, for right, you. right, right, right. But yeah, five movies that we haven't, haven't touched on. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This, this is going to be a fun year to do. So 78 is out. 2000 is in. Unless we can't find a way to watch one of those movies. But I, I think we should be okay with this year. Yep. Next week, we get Chris on the show. And we are, we're going to be... Uh, Talking to Annie Hall, 
And Derek, what do you have coming up on the greatest album of all time, our sister show? So we just had the episode. Again, the timing is all off on this. I'm going to apologize for that. Uh, this is just the way we record. But the last one that uh, G.R. and I did was Overnight Sensation by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. And we are, uh, Gia has her pick and she picked Rain Dogs by Tom Waits, 1985. Uh, and, and we're trying to, you know, do as many different decades as possible. And Gia and I not being the biggest fan of the 80s, we're digging deep on this one. And we figured since we just did Zappa, might as well do another weird one, Tom Waits. Uh, after that, we're going to get a little bit more mainstream and uh, we'll finally have our first guest on at some point. Uh, Gia's brother, James, is going to be doing 10 by Pearl Jam after that. Uh, and then we'll probably head back down to the 60s again, <laughs> or the 70s. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, having Rick on there because he already told me what he's picking, and that should be an interesting one. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm looking forward to that one. Just let me know when, you're, uh, when, you, when you have an open spot. Oh, you're, you're, you're coming up soon. Okay, yeah, let me know because I, I, I'm – that album, I'm interested to hear. I think it's a, I think it's a really good one, and we'll, 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 we'll plug it once it comes up. But uh, it's very different from the the stuff that you've uh, you've done so far, for sure. Yeah. So, anyway, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. Check us out next week. Go back, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, leave a review if you can on the app that you, uh, yeah, that, that you listen to this on, because we really do appreciate it. It'd be very helpful. And yeah, take, if you, if you see a movie you wanted to listen to an episode you want to listen to, uh, they haven't before go back and listen to it. It's there for you. You can do it at, at any time. You're not going to miss anything really. Uh, Chris just actually told me he listened to the Oliver episode for the first time. And he has some, he has some thoughts on that one. That he, wants <laughs> that he wants to share next week great so and, and you know what and, and right before we go yep uh I, I want people to start watching the movies along with us what i might start doing on facebook is if uh, a week in advance before the episode comes out i'm gonna start talking about the movie a lot more i want to get into some conversation with people before we even film, yeah. uh, record so we hope you can watch the movie with us and here's here's what i want to do as well and I'll, I'll mention this specifically i want to when we get to our star wars episode because so many people have seen it and there's so many people that I would like to have on as guests that I just can't pick one. If you have thoughts on star Wars, positive or negative, the movie, the series, whatever, email us about it. Cause I want to, I want to have other people's opinions on that show. You know, email us at greatest at gmail.com. Yes. Cause that's, that's going to be an episode. I think we're going to, we're going to try to, to, to incorporate, some other stuff really and I, I know people have thoughts on star wars if if people have thoughts on any movie it's star wars so get, get ready for that that's coming after our oscar series so anyway i want to thank you again so much for for listening this week and every week i have been your co-host rick barrasso and i have been your co-host the all-american american american rex swagger i'm sorry i did my best He's not, even, see, he's not even talking now. I guess I'll close the show out. Thanks for listening. Excelsior. The- <laughs>